Hello and welcome to episode number 180 of the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me today is Bree Bridges who is one half of the writing team known as Kit Roca. On a recent Friday Reads post, Bree noticed that someone from Smart Bitches was reading Level Up by Kathy Yardley. It was me and she asked to talk to me when I was done because she was dying to discuss it with someone. Now, I am someone who knows the feeling of, I really want to talk about this book with someone, someone please read it. So I figured, let's record a podcast of the two of us discussing this book and how much we liked it. There is so much squee, guys. Like, so much squee. We talk about the book, the heroine, the heroine's friends, the power of really good world building and contemporary romance, and then we squeeze some more. We also talk about Bree's background in programming and working in tech, and the sexism and misogyny that one encounters within that industry. Now, this discussion is a little bit spoilery, so if you want to read the book with no background or discussion information, you can listen to the beginning of the podcast. There'll be a quick question that I actually recorded at the end of the interview for people who are curious, want to know why we recommend it. And then there'll be a pause, and then we're going to start the discussion that's quite spoilery. That way you can get a little bit of an explanation of what it is, and then you can go read it and come back, because trust us, it's awesome. Seriously, this book is so great. So first, I'm going to tell you about the sponsor, then I'm going to give you some cover copy, and then we're going to do a discussion. You ready? This is kind of an experimental type podcast, so I hope you dig it. This podcast is brought to you by Lisa Lace. What do you get when you mix mail order brides and Robin Hood style pirates with interplanetary science fiction? Water World Warrior by Lisa Lace, now available in audiobook. Ashlyn is shocked she joined the Terramates dating service, but is even more surprised by the alien she's matched with. She has three days with him to make up her mind. Will she go home or will she stay with him for a year? At the end of the episode, I'm going to have a sample of this audiobook so that you can get a taste of what it's like. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater, and I will have information at the end of the podcast as to who this is. All of our music for this month is new, and I am super excited to share it with you because it is so excellent. Now, before I get started with the interview, I figure it would be wise for me to share with you the cover copy for Level Up by Kathy Yardley so you know a little bit about what book we're talking about. Geeky introvert Tessa Rodriguez will do whatever it takes to get promoted to video game engineer, including create a fandom-based video game in just three weeks. The only problem is she can't do it alone. Now she needs to strong-arm cajole and otherwise socialize with her video game co-workers, especially her roommate Adam, who's always been strictly business with her. The more they work together, though, the closer they get. Adam London has always thought of his roomie Tessa as one of the guys, until he agreed to help her with this crazy project. Now he's thinking of her all the time and certainly as something more than just a roommate. But his last girlfriend broke up with him to follow her ambitions, and he knows that Tessa is obsessed with getting ahead in the video game world. Going from friends to something more is one hell of a challenge. Can Tessa and Adam level up their relationship to love? And now, on with the podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me and talking about this book. This is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm going to have to introduce and be like, okay, so here's the summary of the book. Here's a cover copy. And now we're going to spoil the shit out of it, but you should read it. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Maybe listen after you've read it. Go read this book and then listen to this podcast. It's because free, so there's no excuse. It's totally free and you should totally read it. Yes. Okay. So then let me ask you one last question and I can actually put this at the beginning of the episode. Okay. Why should people read this book? People should read this book 
because they are going to want to be best friends with Tessa and they are going to want to fight for her and watch her fight for herself and they are going to cheer when yes. she kicks people's butts. Asses. Whatever. <laughs> Am I allowed to say asses on the Smart Bitches podcast? No, we don't use any bad language here. <laughs> Not ever. What? Come on. Seriously. There's not even an FCC overseeing these things. We can say whatever the hell we want. I just can't call it bitches because iTunes doesn't like that. Oh. Yeah, we had to change the title of the podcast because I didn't like the word bitches. And I was like, do, do you know what the names of some of the songs you sell are? But podcast is like this whole other thing. But okay. Oh, gosh. Yeah, say whatever you want. So, yes, that is why you should read it. That is why. Because she is amazing and her friends are amazing. And you are going to want to go and hang out with them. And, and they're about so them. real. Yes. Even the people who I wanted to kick, they were so real. Yes. It was a really just, and I'm not a fast reader and I was on a deadline too. So I was like trying to finish a book. Whoa. And so I read this in like, in the span of 24 hours, which is yep. ridiculous for me. So that's, that's a, <laughs> that's a good sign. I'm I'm a big fan of realism, so that this reminds me in a lot of ways, like act like it, that this world is incredibly real and could totally exist, and I want to go hang out with these people. Like I will reread this because I want to go hang out with them. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Isn't good good books going the best? I love it. I know. This this is why I read romance. Squee! Yes. All the happies. All yes. The Y'all ready? It's spoiler time. Level up? Oh my gosh. Let's talk about oh it. Oh my goodness. I totally finished this book and went, ee! like I legit squeed and my husband was like, oh, good book, dear. Yes. Oh my God. I loved it. This book, like I loved it. And then sometimes I was so mad at it that I hated it for making me love it. Because <laughs> I loved the heroine so much, but I wanted to crawl into it and strangle half those dudes. Oh, Just God. like... I Kill wanted, them. I, okay, Abraham needed to be set on fire. And I have worked with him and for him. Yes, I like, I know that guy. That guy does not change his point of view. No. I think that was like, that was my problem. I love the story, but then sometimes I was like, oh God, it's like I'm back at work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't make me deal with these guys again. Because well, it was so like, it was so on point with how not just, you know, in programming, but, you know, in gaming and in geek culture, the, the things, all the little tiny nuances of what it's like to be a woman engaging with this stuff was so dead on. Oh, yeah. And, and so it was amazing because it was like, wow, I recognize this. Yes. It, but it, also, oh, God. Yes. It, the, the things that were real about it made the emotional stakes more powerful, but also made the level of toxicity of the people in the background much more like damaging. Like I really, yeah. I, I didn't want them to be in that guy's house. Like I just didn't need, I just like, we just need to not talk to those people. They are all bad. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's like, sometimes I was like, okay, Brie, are you being fair? Are you reading what they're saying? Or are you just assuming that this Projecting, dude is that dude? Yeah. At the comic book store who used to corner you and say, you can't buy that because you don't know everything. Answer these 19 questions. Yep. So, and I think, you know, I, I, I highlighted some stuff. I have to find it. You know, there was a lot of the, the first one, the first one that made me just recoil was the one where 
you know, they said that she lived, he lived with Tessa. But they were like, well, uh, that's not a girl. Tessa doesn't count. Yes, where they were like, oh, she's not really a girl. Oh, that's tough. Right, because if you are a, if you're a female in, in that particular cultural group, if you're a female who's accepted, you're no longer female because females are bad and other. Yes, yeah, it's basically, and I remember like my early 20s was constantly that choice, like, can I like any of these girly things or must I commit fully to rejecting everything so that I can be one of the boys. Right. And you have to give up the things that they find bad that aren't actually that bad for no good reason, just to belong and have respect. And the thing, the thing that there were two things that bugged me and then like eight or nine things that I just loved. One of the things that bugged me was that she's dressed up as sailor moon and they're all staring at her because she agreed to do it. If they would help her, then she'd dress up as Sailor Moon, and then she did. And then her supervisor, who's a female, calls her into her office and doesn't say a word about it. <laughs> like, she's wearing a short skirt, thigh-high boots, and a giant wig. She looks like an anime character. Like, legitimately, they're all talking about how well she did, and there's no comment of, and why? Now, it's See? offset by Abraham also dressing up like an anime yes, character. Like that was pretty rad. The you other know, thing I didn't even noticed that one though, because I think I'm so used to this idea that women who can call you into your their office might have already bought into all this stuff so much that like oh, all right, well this is yeah, a, this I is mean, a place I where weird shit happens. Because that's how you you get offices that you get to call people into by being the one who laughs. You know at what? That's a really good and, point. And and it's like okay, yeah, it is Sailor Moon Day. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and the thing that the thing that I that I didn't get was okay. So Tessa needs the programming group to help her put together this game. And she's willing to barter dressing up as Sailor Moon and humiliating herself. And I know that having watched a lot of women bosses, they're they are willing to be goofy and do things to motivate people because it's fun when you're silly and it creates you know good camaraderie. But when it was Adam, right? Yes. Adam, thank you, Durr. When, <laughs> you know, the guy who's in the book. When Adam comes in with the really hot sister from the bookstore who needs this program to help save her store, and he brings her in because knowing that the guys will fall all over themselves to help her, Tessa gets mad. And I'm like, he's deploying the same thing you are, just in a slightly different way. Why are you pissed? It worked. Like, what's your problem? She had this sense that, like, any interference was bad. And in some ways, that was true. She needed to stand up to these guys on her own. And he he used the same method to get them to agree. And that was a problem. I was like, that's inconsistent. For me, I mean, I think what the way I read that... um is it's different when you're making that decision for yourself than when some dude is kind of using you to make that decision. This is true. But she did sort of, you know, the friend did sort of like say that she was cool with it. Yeah, she 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 agreed so, and she suggested it too. And so I think after that, yeah, I mean, everybody gets to make their own decision about how they're going to deploy, I guess. Yes, deploy sexism in like their favor. I didn't like him for doing it though. I didn't I like didn't, him for doing it either. I was, I was like, you're losing points there, buddy. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. definitely lost some points. Even in the beginning of the book, everyone was like, yeah, well, you know, you know how Abraham is. I'm afraid to TP his car because he'll kill me. And I'm like, why is that guy allowed to manage that level of threat if you touch his truck? 
in a, in a, in a, who, how has that not been reined in yet? But then again, oh, terrorizing the the the, the super competent programmer dudes, mm-hmm. man. And I have run into a few of those too. Nobody wants to mess with them because they get it done. Yep. And so whatever, yep. you know, it's that your competence it's that allowed to be you. an asshole because, which is you know. Not something we're ever going <laughs> to get. Nope. I don't think we have a competence level. There there exists a competence level at which we're allowed to be assholes. That much of an asshole and still do things. No. no. So, yeah, I think, what was I going to say? There was something, well, I don't know, the points. Like, I was, like, I was all in with Tessa from, like, page one. I loved her. I loved her. And the whole book was a struggle for Adam to get enough points that I would be okay with <laughs> her. I was like, okay, you said she wasn't a girl. You just lost 10. Yep. You're getting on down to negative numbers, buddy. And there's no coming back from that. And I, I, I loved her. And I think she's the reason I, I tore through this book. And it was her and her friends that she meets at the bookstore. I would read a thousand books about all these chicks at the bookstore doing, having wacky adventures. Oh my gosh. Drinks. Yes. And there were times when, like, he would do something that I that I was really impressed with. Like, he had a whole co- like multiple conversations about consent. Yes. And like, you're 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 drunk, so no. Yes, um, he got a lot of points for you know I'm not going to take advantage of my drunk room. And then drunk. acknowledging, like, okay, yes. I could do this, but that's not who I am. And he gets at one point he gets upset um, when she calls him an alpha male. And then she's like, but it's a good thing. And he's like, oh, okay. Because for him, that's a bad thing. And it was watching him sort of pull himself out of a toxic mindset slowly and surely, especially because he had a bad breakup with someone who treated him poorly. And oh my God, the ex-girlfriend. I almost never like ex-girlfriend tropes because a lot of times it's like, it's the only other woman in the book. Yeah. There were so many awesome women in this book that I was sort of like, okay, you know, you, not everybody is awesome, but you had so many awesome women. Yes. That that her awfulness was tolerable because it was offset by excellent people. And you know that, and and it's weird because I know the sort of the programmer dudes and all the toxic dudes who are all afraid of the one dude and how they all sort of talk about dating. Although I never for once believe that men actually talk to each other like that and make them take, make each other take, go on dares to get a date and to hook up with somebody. Like, I don't actually believe that dudes give a shit like that. I don't know. I, I mean, I have tried the, to make the, my the husband... dating profile conversation. I believed that. I believe that one 100%. But like, oh, no, you need to go get back out there. You, We have a bet. And if you don't get a date by X day, and then, you know, Tessa doesn't count because she's not a girl and she lives with you. It's like, okay, dudes don't. I don't know those dudes. But I know the other parts of the same group of people. And I know that in terms of the the ex-girlfriend, I definitely know people who would take advantage of someone who is conscious of being nice and relaxed and kind and accommodating and doing Mm -hmm. everything that they want to do because they know that person's not going to put up a fight. And they're not going to say no, and they're going to be grateful to have them back. Yeah. I've seen that dynamic. that's That's definitely not even just, that's a geek stereotype. That's a sort of, you know, you were lucky to have me mm-hmm. as your girlfriend slash boyfriend. And so I am here to relieve you from your loneliness, your life in your mother's basement or whatever. Yeah. 
Is that still, I don't know if that's still the popular stereotype, probably. Probably. And so since I'm here to actually pay attention to you, you must be grateful. Yes. And of course you're going to want me back because I'm so hot. Yes. <laughs> and when you're, and it's, it's a really interesting, all of this is, this actually just popped into my head. It's a really interesting riff on the concept of being attractive and female do you know it and use it? Do you not know it and not use it and then come to realize it and use it a little bit? Because there's that expectation. And I, who wrote this originally? Somebody wrote this. And I, and I want to say it was a romance author in a book, but I can't remember. Oh, but the idea that, you know, women are expected to be utterly gorgeous and yet not know about it. Yes. And oh, so, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to be gorgeous, it's then a cheating. problem. Yep. So. I was I was actually talking about this with with the idea of um, steroid enhancement in sports. Like you're supposed to be naturally possessive of ungodly athletic ability and strength, and you're not supposed to use steroids and enhancement drugs to get there. Much the same as you must be born with perfect beauty and thigh gap, and you may not use extraneous methods to get there because then it's cheating. But if yes. you don't, you're punished. If you don't achieve that, you're you're not good enough but you have to achieve it, quote unquote, naturally. Oh, that is like, that's totally the trap. It's why there's so much baggage, like with the makeup conversation. Yep. Like, I am always afraid to engage with that because I don't want to tell, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a huge makeup fan. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, because I spent my 20s trying desperately to be one Not of the to be a girl. Right? So or, there's or a lot of be, things I feel like know, I've missed icky. the boat. Because I was so busy trying not to, you know, engage with that stuff. And sometimes I still have these, like, knee-jerk, really uncool things like, no, people who like pretty shoes are frivolous. No, people who wear lots of makeup are, you know, frivolous. And, and I've, I'm spending my 30s trying to, like, back off of that. Mm -hmm. Because people get to, you know, love whatever they want to love. And people get to... Wear makeup or not wear makeup, but I really wish women who didn't wear makeup weren't punished for, you know, not caring or letting go or whatever. You right. Know? And if you don't know how to put on makeup, it's now easier than it has ever been to learn it's how true. to put makeup. Oh, my God. I didn't realize this. Like, it, it's never been easier to learn how to put on makeup, but still, I don't know how to do some of this shit. <laughs> idea why is it important i know it's just gonna and, give know. me pimples can we not <laughs> and yet like when it's time for rwa i backdate the shit out of rwa all right two weeks out get your eyebrows waxed four days out get your manicure done make sure you have your outfits planned because i travel with an outfit schedule so that i don't yes. arrive uncaffeinated at my closet and go what do i do now <laughs> past sarah please help me that is super clever well, I, I past Sarah has to help present Sarah as much as possible because present Sarah is tired and stressed and has anxiety. So past Sarah and future Sarah work together. But like, it's a good it's a good strategy. It works well. But like in this particular story, there's not only are there different kinds of women with different attitudes towards beauty and the way that they're described, but none of them fall too deeply into the trope of well, she doesn't know she's beautiful and she doesn't know she's hot. Like yeah. No one puts on a Sailor Moon cartoon with a miniskirt <clears throat> thinking that they got bad thighs. No, that's, I mean, and that's, it's all very, you know, it's, it's natural and awesome. I, I really, really love the women in this book. Oh God, me too. I don't want to keep harping on it, but I mean, I did. I want to be their friends and I want to hang out at their bookstore. <laughs> 
no. and I want to talk about. Oh, I know. And you want to, you want to listen to them talking to each other, because talking when they talk to each other, you learn more about them because they're only they're not just talking about guys. Yeah, and oh, dating. It was awesome. I mean, they're almost never talking about guys. No, mad at them. They were talking about their business, and they were talking about what to do with their business, and how to make it better, and how to fix it. And oh my gosh, the one who has agoraphobia. Could we please have her story? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, and I mean, it's just I wanted all of them. I was like, okay. And there's a mechanic. There's a mechanic who was like described as looking like like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. I was like, hi, I would love to read this. And the um the one with like the biker boots who like works at I think she worked at the casino. You know, I was just like, okay, I'm ready for all of these stories. Yeah. And I was like, but please don't hook up with those dudes from the program. No, the guy the guys from the programming group are not worthy of you. There was one, I don't remember. The um, one who was sort of like Maybe it was Jose. I th- no, Jose was the gross one. No, Jose was the gross one. Um who It was began was- with an R, it was like Rizzo or something. Yeah, there was one that I was sort of like, okay, you're kind of secretly maybe cool. Not a dick. I'm 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 feeling you. You you are. But it's also sort of an example of how toxic that group of men is because there's a guy who's fluent in that toxicity who also can step out of it and and disengage from it. You don't usually yeah. have somebody who has that sort of fluency and awareness. Well, I think sometimes I mean it's a pressure. It's a pressure. Oh, totally. To, you know. Totally. And then I've seen, even with, with, I have friends and I've seen them, you know, when mm-hmm. we're just talking, the two of us, it's fine. But then we go to the, you know, okay, I'm just going to be honest here. I mean, I say it on Twitter. I met my husband in a role-playing game at a comic book store. <laughs> so, you know. I met my husband in Spanish class in high school. So, oh. really, it's okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, this is like comic book stores and this sort of thing. I mean, this is where my origin story for my romance is. I'm basically a geek romantic comedy. Donna and I mm-hmm. met both of our husbands in the same game. So, Aw, that's yes. lovely. And all of we and the person who ran that game all got married in 2004, like in just a little string of geeky weddings. So, so yeah, I mean, I used to... Some of these dudes, when we were at the comic book store, like with the games around all the other guys, they would be kind of different. Not completely. Just but, a you know, little. It's, 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 there's so much. And I think that it's, you know, and I wasn't always calling stuff out. I mean, because it was 2004. I was 2003. I was like, you know, 22, 23. And you were already still- enough of a, of a, of a, like a, a unique thing in this space already. Oh, well, this is something like the way they all were asking the secretary out. Yes. That is so it's like, okay, there's a new girl. We all have to. We all we all have to go see if we can if we can hit that. Like, no, it's basically the progression, you know. No. Um, Whenever there's there's a new person, everybody's going to take a run at her because. (laughs) Right. Because one of us has to be able to hit that. So. So, yeah. And it's it's. (laughs) So what did you like about Tessa? She, I mean, I just, it was like, she was, she was somebody I need to meet on Twitter and then we become friends and yes. we talk about video games. I mean, I love that she, I get her, I, I, I get her the anxiety, you know, the, the social awkwardness. It is so hard when you are a woman with these interests Yep. 
because the men, you know, you're never going to quite fit in no matter how hard you try. Nope. But you don't, we never really, we're so trained to not express these interests, not to expose them. Mm -hmm. If you're a woman who likes this stuff, I mean, in the general public with the normal people. Yep. You you don't hide it. So how do we, you have to go by the t-shirts. Yeah. Which was, I love when the secretary, when Stacy, Stacy was like, you know, recognizing the t-shirts. Yes. That's how you do it. It's your secret code. Right. And then. Wave my book or my t-shirt. And then Adam is standing there like baffled that these two women know how to talk to each other and he's not part of the conversation. I love the fandom conversation. Yes. And like, sure, who luck? And they started talking about their ships and, you know. Yes. Because that's how actual fans talk. And he couldn't participate in the conversation, which is probably rare for him. And it, it makes me, it always makes me laugh too, because it makes me think about how like these little communities, we have our own language. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're going to talk about the the latest kerfluffle in Romance Landia, that's not <laughs> it means something to all of us. But if you say it to an outsider, and I've, I've tried to like have these discussions with like my mother before, I'm like, oh, somebody retweeted something that somebody else posted on Tumblr and it was like a crazy reblog. And she's like, what does any of that mean? Why did you just say <laughs> Those are words, but they don't mean things. My mother-in-law, she followed me on the Twitter and was like, who takes a picture of one shoe? Who cares about one shoe? And I'm like, a lot of people care about one shoe because you don't need to see two. You just need to see one. And it's like she doesn't understand any of it. No. My mother followed me on Twitter over Christmas and I blocked her and then unblocked her. So she unfollowed. She doesn't need my Twitter feed. (laughs) What are you doing? You know what I loved about Tessa? That she was very comfortable, but unhappy. No, she wasn't very comfortable. She was resigned. Yes. and And accepting of the fact that she didn't quite fit in with her family because this is what she was interested in. And she didn't feel quite fit in in her chosen profession because of the fact that she was female. And she she had all of this experience and was doing something that was way beneath her skill set and she accepted that discomfort sort of resignedly and knew that she could do more to get out of it yes oh i love that she was she was ambitious i mean she oh yeah was not gonna settle for anything less than being awesome at the job she wanted to do and she understood that her family didn't get her and that you know for her quinceanera she wanted a computer and she didn't want a party and her family's like, I don't understand. How do you not want to party? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, she understood that she did. her family didn't understand her, and they still loved her. And she had very few people who truly did get her. And then when she had her friend over Skype, who is, who's friends enough with her to not only know her, but push her, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a rare friendship. Like, when you're, when you're so close to somebody, you can be like, I'm going to push you to do things you don't want to do. Boom. Ha <laughs> ha. Have fun. Like, yes. That's so powerful. And and the fact that she was so accustomed to the discomfort meant that she was like, well, fuck it. What's a little more? I and want I that, that job. That friend was an internet friend. Yes. Yes. Because, she was far away. Yeah. Because somebody doesn't have to be in your living room to push you. I mean, someone can be overseas and still be the friend who Skypes you. I mean, that, that really, I really, really liked that. I wish oh, we had too. more. Oh, of me that too. because we're in this whole different different like era now yes 
where it's not real life. We can't. I, I still say real life, but that's kind of ridiculous. I do all of no. my work online. This is very all real of my life. Coworkers, yeah. I'm actually looking at you. This is real life as I get, really. Yeah. I, I usually mean, just interact with words, which are a lot yeah. easier when you're, you know, socially like. Ugh. So, so I, I like that a lot, and you know, and girlfriends. That's my, that's my secret weakness. All books. I want, I always want the books where the girlfriends, you know. Oh, God, yes. Are the ones that help each other and push each other and have each other's backs. Yes. Especially because, A, it's rare in romance. And, B, it's a real thing that people have. And it's really valuable, especially when, like, if you're like me and you're baffled by a lot of these things that are, that you're told are important for women to know about. Like to be a female means that you value this set of things. And I'm like, I'm only interested in like two of those. And I cannot talk to people about these other things. Like they don't interest me at all. You know, it's funny when my mother-in-law was here, bless her, she watched the kids. So my husband and I went out to dinner and we've been to, we've been together since, um, God, since 1994, we met each other before that, before we graduated from high school. So like in 1992, we've known each other since we were 17, We've been together for a long ass time and, you know, good relationships take work. Like it does, you don't just show up and it happens. And we are both the type of person that when we, when we're interested in something, there's a finite number of them. It's not many things that we're interested in, but we are going to deep dive to the level that we are going to (laughs) discover some freaky ass ocean creatures. Yes. Like we are going to deep dive below the, below the level that humans have ever explored before because this is what we're into. And we're not into the same things. So like he could tell you all kinds of shit about Game of Thrones. And I'm like, yeah, rape and murder now. Not for me. <laughs> but, you know, I will listen to him because he's totally into it. And yes. when you're a person who's interested in a singular number of things that you love to deep dive into, it can be really hard to com- to, to connect with people on a less deep level and I don't mean superficial as in shallow but where you only have a handful of things in common it can be really hard to connect with somebody when you don't have that personality that's like I love this thing give me all of the things about it right now like that's hard let's be real that can occasionally make us awkward oh occasionally like 80% of the time like for example I don't know if you've heard, like but I time. like this thing called Dragon Age. Oh my goodness, yes, I have heard. And I am like debating whether or not to buy it on Xbox because I'm afraid I'm never gonna get off the couch and my ass will be square. Little square. Well, and, you know, couch. I can't I can't seem to stop myself. <laughs> and like, I try because my Twitter account, I'm an author. I'm writing post apocalyptic you know, yep. greedy romance about these bad boys. And all I can do is tweet about dragons. knights and dragons all the time. That's when you're a fan. But yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. And it and, and it's like when you see people who are like that as a character, like Tessa is seriously into a handful of things. And she's in this yes. room with these women who are some of them are really beautiful and have demonstrable makeup knowledge and skills that they apply to their face on a daily basis. And she's like, I don't, why, why am I here? I don't fit here. What am I doing? And the receptionist was like, I know you're one of us. Come with me. Yes. That is, that is just like an enormously formative and powerful experience when you're, when you're not easily able to be like, Oh yeah. Group of beautiful people. I don't know. I will totally sit among you. Like, no, 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 no. no and, and then they, and you find out that people 
who on the surface may look like they have an entirely different skill set than you, yes. are still your people. Yes. And, and, you know. And, like, much like in romance, which I tell to people all the time, like, you know, there's not just one romance reader. There's not just this, you know, one lonely white lady with cats and a fanny pack who just reads. Like, we are very different from each other. And there are people who I'm like, I got zip in common with you except this one book, like, that we yes. both loved. Otherwise, we are entirely different people. Like, I'm well, sure that there are people who love romance and are going to vote for Donald Trump. And I don't get that at all. But I understand the romance part. Yes. Well, remember when you were talking about RT, the whole schedule thing? Like, I used to in my late 20s. Like, I, I think I've told you this, too. Like, I used to get panicked. I would watch the, the tweet start with all the people buying their shoes and yeah. their purses. And uh -huh. I'd be like, I don't know how to be part of you. I Oh, no, I don't didn't either. But, you know, when I finally went to RT, it, that there were people there with fabulous shoes and yep. fabulous purses. Yep. But there were also people who were like me, probably wearing flip-flops. <laughs> flip-flops are totally high-end footwear so, now, so you're safe. And it wasn't that people didn't decide not to talk to me because I was wearing – well, maybe nope. some did. But nope. plenty of people talked to me in spite of the fact I was wearing flip-flops because we love books. Yes. No one's ever going to remember what you were wearing. I don't remember what other people were wearing. I remember what I was wearing. So we're all worried about what we're wearing and no one actually remembers. You could probably wear the same outfit and, and people will be like, oh, you look familiar. It's because you're wearing the same dress. Not, oh, you're wearing the same dress as yesterday. What's wrong with you? Like, I don't notice if people change their shoes three times a day. Unless they're like eight inches shorter all of a sudden. And then I'm like, oh, hey, you're my height. Nice to meet you. That's nice when you can find ways to compensate which don't involve you having to learn all this stuff. Because yeah. I'd rather play Dragon Age. Well, it's like it's it's like the self-publishing thing, you know? You have to do your cover and you have to do your formatting and you have to build your website. And you're like, no, if you don't know how to do that, you outsource that shit. Yes. You can say, all right, this is what I want in a cover. But you can also, for a small amount of money, hire a designer who's going to make it look really good. Can I say I love the cover of this book, too, while we're talking about covers? Oh, my God. Isn't the cover awesome? It's so great. Oh, my God. It's adorable. And, 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 and she's not straddling him. Her legs are across his lap, which is a really important distinction. Yes. And, and the little game controller. And she's like, <laughs> would you stop? I'm trying to play. I love this cover. Yes. It's just lovely. I love it so much. It was it was awesome. It and I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, I I kept sending angry texts to people about the men in the books, like how they were annoying me and how sex is <laughs> so real. But and like someone was when like, they so were not awful. enjoying the book, and I'm like, no, I'm enjoying the book. I'm just when they're angry. awful, they're so awful. They're so awful when they're bad, and yet I wanted her to beat them. Well, and it's not that they're cartoonishly awful either. They're just if they were cartoonishly awful, I probably could have handled it better. But they Who were gives just a shit? so realistically, aggravatingly, casually, completely sexist. Yep. And like unaware of how that how how they were going to be called on it. Like when they yes, were called on it, they, they were like, were what called is on it?" And I loved that they were called on it repeatedly. Yes. Yeah, and and that you know they were like, "What what are you what are you talking about? This is this is okay." No, no, it's not. Yeah, and, and she beats when she beats Abraham at the little coat off thing, I was like, Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the the only thing that rang false for me was that he was like, Well, yeah, she has to be on my team because she beat me. I think a guy who's that wrapped up in his misogyny and his misandry or his misandry and his mis, mis misanthropy is not gonna just roll over because of one battle. 
I think that that would attack him on a much more deeper, insecure level. I Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was... I don't know. I think that there's that point where I was just like so mad. I was like, willing. I don't care if it's realistic. <laughs> and now grovel. Now grovel more. Grovel some more because you need to. Now like grovel badly. wearing a Sailor Moon costume. Now just keep groveling. <laughs> so do you think that in the end of the book, Adam earned his, his relationship with someone as awesome as Tessa? That is such a hard question. I'm so hard on heroes. I am terrible on heroes. Ditto. Because because I read books in a way where I want to be best friends with the heroine and then I'm watching the hero like, do you deserve her? I don't know if you deserve her. Mm-hmm. You don't re- you don't replace the heroine with yourself. You ally yourself with the heroine. Yeah, I'm, I'm her best friend who's going to call her and say, ditch that dude. Ditch <laughs> that dude. I have written a number of reviews where I've been like, I didn't particularly like him, but that's what she wanted. So I'm glad that she's happy. Yes. Because, you know, in my brain, these are all real people. Yes, of course. <laughs> With Adam, I sort of settled as I didn't decide to love him, mm-hmm. but I thought he showed enough forward progression. Yes. And like, and I feel like I'm kind of unfair to Adam because I think that I would have liked him more. Yep. Like by the end, I would have loved him if I hadn't worked as a programmer and gotten a computer science degree and been so enmeshed in geek culture that sometimes I was just unfairly thinking, well, next you're going to do this horrible thing that I remember this guy doing, you know? Yep. I think that on the page, I was pretty happy. I think that he, he learned and he got better and it was cool. Yep. But I'm so team Tessa that it's really hard. I'm like, okay, you can date her now, but I'm watching you. <laughs> I'm watching you. But the best thing about Tessa was that she took, no crap yes she and that's that's why i almost that's why i believed it in the end because if he yeah. doesn't, oh, she's gonna be like i'm watching you oh yeah totally not only did she she owned her her perspective and she had no problems with her ambition and was not going to sacrifice her ambition for being with him and she was like i am totally fine with us casually hooking up this does not need to be a thing because i got other things going on <laughs> Yes. She is not going to let him do stupid shit and not call him on it. Oh, and speaking of calling on it, like the other game company. Oh, my God. Like hire her to like, you know, deal with their big old mess, basically. Right. And then pin the failure on her when they brought her in to fix it. Yeah. And and the fact that she figured that out, I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So she, she... and I was I was happy that it wasn't some sort of thing where she sacrificed some big opportunity and also that they screwed up so bad. So, you know, she got what she wanted in the end. Yep. And, you know, and I, and I totally believed that. I believed. Oh. So, but, you know. Totally. Bring in her and she can totally not meet this impossible deadline and then it will be all her fault. I remember reading, I think it was after Reddit hired a female CEO that oh. somebody traced the number of tech companies that have hired a woman and then pinned their troubles on her. And it was something that had happened repeatedly yeah. over the past 10 or 15 years. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Ouch. Oh, and that was a whole big old mess over on Reddit. Too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Down in flames. But so. she she totally recognized like the guy's telling her, oh, yeah, all of the people that used to work for this other guy are now going to work for you and they'll be fine. And she's like, I just <laughs> met all of them and they were hostile. So, no, it's not going to be fine. 
And, it, and it's just another example of how she's going to see things just slightly differently enough to take care of herself. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It's a survival instinct. You, mm-hmm. know? you cannot get very far. No. And I, I mean, I, I, there are times I miss, I really liked the programming stuff, the database stuff. I really liked it. But then there are times where I think, okay, I'm going to get up for work this morning and no one in the romance community is going to email me and assume that I'm my own secretary. Right. Nobody's going to do that to me today. And so, and I was talking about it on Twitter with someone and, um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Lisa Curtis who said it, that when you work in tech, I mean, I get way more disdain now because I'm a romance writer. I mean, not just from men. I mean, it's like I get disdain from women, too, who respected me when I was a programmer, who don't respect me now that I write romance. But I don't get it from my peers and my colleagues. When I worked in programming, I got the shit from the people I had to deal with every day. Now I get it from more people on the whole, but not the people I have to deal with every day. Nope. And, and you, so and you like don't that. work in an environment where you constantly have to prove yourself and prove your competency. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, I never, ever want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes people, like, they'll do that thing where I don't want to work in a woman dominated field because it's so what they did. They, they, what are they? They do the bitchy or the backstabbing or mm-hmm. all the like, okay, because dudes never do that to you at work. Like, where have you been working? No, they never, ever. Yeah, all the time. Try so, working in finance, pal. Let me know how it goes. So, yeah, I mean, I am very happy that I am no longer in tech, even if I'm. But in a way, you still are. You're just in all the tech parts that you like. I am, because the background in tech definitely helps you if you want to self-publish, you know. Just a and little. And if you want to um, do online marketing and all that stuff, yeah, tiny bit. If gives minutes. you a little help. So if you were going to grade this book, how, what grade would you give it? Well, see, like, book grading, like, I don't know how reviewers do this. Because for me, I have, oh, like, Oh, it's a grades. magical alchemy. I have three grades. I have, oh, I finished this book and it was great. Yeah. And then I have, I think I was reading that, but I don't know where I put it. Mm-hmm. And then I have, I set it on fire. Those are like basically how I engage with books. You know what? That's a perfectly legitimate (laughs) rubric. I don't see what the problem is. So, I mean, I loved this book and I finished it really fast. And so I was like, wee, excited. It made me super emotional. But, you know, I almost liked it more for Tessa and the friends than I did for the romance, even though I did like the romance too. And so it's kind of a weird, if I'm giving it a... This is my personal girlfriend loving crack grade. It's like A with a thousand pluses. Yes. And I think that Adam, I've got hopes for him. So I'm stamping off on him as the the hero of this book. For me, Tessa was so awesome. And the story happened on her terms. Yes. Like she was pushed and had ambition to do things. But the story was very much about her. She didn't necessarily need Adam to be happy. He's a he's like a really good bonus with really good orgasms. <laughs> and he values her in a way that he's probably not used to. So I think that he will he will live up to what I expect him to do in their relationship. Like if you see like if there's a subsequent book and then we get a little glimpse of them, it's going to be all good because yes. he will have figured out how not to be a sexist dick because she'll call him on it. Yes. And I just, 
She was so great. She was so great. I know, I know. So I don't know. I want I want to give her a million stars. <laughs> they have a million stars for heroines. I think so. I, 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 mean, I don't know if Goodreads can cover that. Maybe they can. <laughs> who the hell knows? <laughs> but the thing the thing that is so great is that when when I was reading it, it was like I would watch this if this were a show. I would watch this if this were a movie. Yes. I would I would totally revisit this very realistic world. Because I know these people and I know people like these people and I really like the protagonists and the people that are awesome. I want them to be happy. Like I want everyone in the bookstore to get a good, good, good romance. I want the woman who has agoraphobia to feel better and feel safe. And I want and I think that the the girl on Skype gets a story. Did she or hang on? I got to look at there was a there was a novella and I haven't gotten it yet. Yeah, there's a novella. I think you like you get it for free. You might get it for free. I think there's an offer at the end. If you subscribe to her newsletter, you get it for free. And this book was free. Is it still free? Yes, it is free. It is free. Still free. Amazingly free. Yes. See, and this is what I'm talking about when I talk about it. People are always like, you know, what do you mean world building with contemporary romance? No, this is what what you mean. I mean, this is a little community. Yes. And that bookstore and those people, they are... This is a little a little world that I totally believe in now. And it's a tiny little piece of Washington state with real problems that happen and yes. and the the part where his ex-girlfriend left this very small town and went to New York and then was coming back to look for a job. That taps into something really familiar with romance like oh, I'm from the small town, I'm going to the big city. This is a horrible place and there's someone else who's all like I kind of like it here. It's all right. That that aspect was just just familiar enough and then everything else was a completely unique world yeah like there's not a lot that are set in game companies no i i'm trying i think i've read it there are a few um and i have some i have because i told you i was going to write that that post about dragon age because i mentioned lately that i like this thing called dragon age um and so i've actually been looking for for more video game romances um, to read before I do that. And, you know, I think Melissa Blue has some one coming out. Yes. And, and then there's Lisa a, Rye has one coming out with a heroine. There's um, a male male one that I read where one of the, oh, goodness, was it status update? There's a, yeah, status update. Hashtag gamers, G-A-Y-M-E-R-S is the series name, gamers. But one of them is a game developer and the other is a, um, I think he's a geology professor, but mm-hmm. he, he's currently working at a super ultra conservative college that makes him sound like a morality clause where he can't be gay, basically. He, oh I'm sorry, God. I beg your pardon. He's a geoarchaeologist, which is enough of a word to give me a, like, a little mental science, like, but What? You're a what? That sounds cool. Let's learn about that. But the hero, the other hero is a video game designer. And he's really good at it. But the, the part where he's a designer isn't like causing him angst. Like it's yeah. just that's what he does. The part where you have this weird dynamic inside the gaming business, that was fascinating. Yeah, that was definitely. And I mean, like I said, it felt it felt so much like <laughs> flashbacks. <gasps> Oh, it's not like gaming has been a little bit uh, excitable or confrontational lately when it comes to gender issues. No, you know, actually, I was just looking at my highlights and there is one more thing 
um, that bugged me. Okay. That he's at dinner with his ex-girlfriend and he's calling her on her bullshit and he calls his ex-girlfriend's mom. I was like, are you serious? Who does that? I'm not super into that whole that whole thing. But that's like, you know, that's like, I don't like ex-girlfriend stuff, you know. I, I think it's not ever my favorite sort of thing. You know, I I, I I joke that, you know, people for the ethical treatment of ex-girlfriends is going to be my, my cause. <laughs> um, but that reminds me of like, because I'm always so tensed when I'm reading books waiting for like all the women to turn evil yes um, so that reminded me when the first stacy first showed up you know the pretty blonde receptionist who in his head he's comparing to his ex-girlfriend i'm thinking oh god it's gonna be you know a bitchy pretty girl and then she turned out to be awesome geek lady and that was like when i knew that i was gonna probably love this book yep because that was you know the pre- when when the the person that the heroine who is the, the, the woman who the heroine describes as beautiful and feeling insecure about doesn't turn into an antagonist. Yes. So refreshing. Yes. And so that's why, even though ex-girlfriends, like I really don't like that thing. Yeah. You know? Me either. So it's, it's hard to write a scene with a crazy ex or mean ex-girlfriend that I will enjoy reading. Um, just because it is not like I'm not going to ever say that nobody can do it because people will do it. it yeah, people can do anything. So that wasn't my favorite part, and I was sort of like, "Oh, come on, Adam, why did you?" <laughs> but you know, he did. He did have you know supposedly a reason to go to dinner with her. So, so she was sort of underhanded, and you yep. know, well, she was definitely predatory and into taking yes. advantage of his kindness and his um, sort of flexibility. Yes. And she did not treat him with a great deal of respect. And he continued to try to treat her with respect and still, until he started calling her on her bullshit. But why he called her mom, like that just baffled me. A, why do you have her mom's number in your phone? B, why is that a thing you would do? Like, wh- why? Maybe people do that. I don't know. I don't know. I never call anyone's mom. I wouldn't voluntarily but call. I don't call pr- people on the phone. So there you go. <laughs> Okay, so I loved this book. I'm so excited about it. Yay! I'm excited we got to talk about it. I know! Because when I saw you were reading it, I was like, ah, ah! More people! More people who aren't sick of me telling them about it! It's like a book about the characters who, like us, are people that do the deep dive into something. Yes. And and Yes, who do not get tired of learning more and more about their favorite things and don't and aren't ashamed to be like, nope, this is pretty much the greatest thing ever. I'm going to geek out. Yay! I love books that that um, it reminds me. I mean, this is like going to seem like a weird segue in a way, but like um, Tessa Dare's was it romancing romancing the Duke or no. Which one? It was the first Castles book. And now I've forgotten the name. That's very embarrassing. Supposed to be a Tessa fangirl. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that that was Romancing the Duke, where she was in a, her, her, her father or had created a fandom. Yes. And it was all these people who yep. just loved, loved, loved the, the med- medieval cosplayers in the Reg- Regency. Yep. Um, and so I always thought that that book was so nice because they, they were borderline ridiculous. Yep. But in the end, it treated them like their passion was something worthy and admirable and their ability to love something so desperately they wanted to be a part of it didn't make them ridiculous at all. Yep. 
And so I love books that say, hey, yes, it's a little odd that all you want to do is talk about this one piece of media fandom all yep. the time. Yep. But that's okay because you are passionate and love something and that's cool. Yes. It's not like we tell people that they're ridiculous if they are obsessed with football. No. or <laughs> Which, you know, I don't get, but lots of people are. So <laughs> I will confess that for a really long time, I didn't quite get fan fiction. Like I didn't quite get why that was a thing. And then I realized once I experienced books and stories that created a fandom around them and television series, I realized, oh, it's for all the things that aren't there that you wish were there so that you can be in that world a little longer, even if you're constructing your own entry into it. Yes. You want to be in this world longer, so you're going to find a way to be in it, even if you have to write it yourself. Yes. That is an enormous amount of creative dedication and enthusiasm. And I did, it's not like I was ever like, oh, fanfic, that's dumb. I didn't mock it. I just didn't get it. Well, no? and, you know, I wrote fan fiction. That's how I started writing. I was, you it's know. A lot of people do. Yeah. I mean, I wrote Star Wars fan fiction. I wrote X-Men movie fan fiction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I love to, and, and it was always, you want to write, you think, well, I love that, but what if they had done this? Yeah. You know, it, it's a way to engage with something that you love, and it's just crazy passion and and it's a deep dive in a, a way that lets you that lets you be in that world more yes and get to and be, that's what we all want to do we yep. want you know want to belong to these these worlds that have like captured our imagination right which is why within romance good world building is so important yes because when you have the good world in, world building whether it's fantasy and science fiction where you expect it or historical where if you've read a little bit of historical, we're all sort of familiar enough with the basics of the Regency at this point. There's not a lot of work you got to do. Yeah. Well, I think that they have their own little like shared collective yep. hallucinated Regency world where that's, you know, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say hallucinated, but you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very, group, what's the right it's word? It's group fanon. Well, this is what we used to call like not canon, but the fans canon. Yes, it is like, totally fan agency. <laughs> That's totally right. Because no one ever, because Elise was talking about this, no one ever gets a UTI if they don't go to the bathroom after they have sex. Like, that's not a problem. Even though a UTI would kill you, no one gets one. Everybody's babies are healthy. No one yeah. has an infant mortality rate problem. They're all going to have like umpty zillion kids. And it, it when you have that ability to reparticipate in a world, and it's a contemporary world, that's a little bit more rare. You know what I mean? That's what I think. I mean, and I think that's why part of, like, all the small town stuff is, you know, because small towns, like, um, the the woman who does our series Bibles, Lily, she'll always say that, like, you know, you think that the fantasy and sci-fi ones will be the worst, but the small towns. No. Because they build those suckers. There's so many characters. Everybody's a character. The town's a character. The mailman's a character. Yep. The person who's the bank is a character. Yep. You know, everybody um, knows everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's part of we build these little worlds and they're just which ones we want to go mm -hmm. live in. And like, that's why I love to read series, because I'm somebody who I have a hard time getting into new books with new people. But now I will want to read this because if I'm stressed out or tired, I want to go back to this world that I'm already familiar with. It's just oh, like yeah. Place friendly and catching up with people who I already know. Oh, yeah learn anybody new. I don't have to be emotionally invested in anyone new. When I was, when I was talking with Adam about this, my actual husband, not the character in the book, um, 
he was like, you know, I have all these new books and I, I want to reread the series. And I'm like, to me, that's a signal my brain is tired. It wants to revisit the familiar and enjoy something without having to do com- too much construction. It's already built. Yeah. So you just want to yeah. go hang out there for a while. And that's yeah. okay. That's totally okay. Oh, I am a serial rereader. Like I have, I reread my Ann Bishop books like twice a year. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just like, no, I'm tired. I'm going to go visit old friends. Yep. And- I'm going to go. And I know everything's going to end well because I already know how it ends. Yep. And I'm going to just go hang out with these people some more. Yep. And and when you do good world building that includes not only the environment, like the gaming business, but also the people who are in it, even though some of them are complete turds, they're so real. You want to go back and hang out with them. Like when I was reading, um, this is one of the things I loved about uh, Act Like It by Lucy Parker. I wanted to go hang out with all those people. Like that's why I reread the book right after I finished it because they were all very much into their little theater world. This was their job. And they, they had all of these different responsibilities in connection with being with a show that was in, was, was actually running. And I wanted to go hang out with them because they were all really cool. That's what I think another thing, like series are like the best of both worlds. They're rereads that have new material. Yes. It's so true. It is basically, if I'm going to go get a new Nalini Singh book, it's, you know, it's all the stuff that I already know, but new story. Yep. So it's, you know. Continuity, man. It's another thing that fan fiction teaches you. Good continuity (laughs) skills. Yes. Well, because those people, there are people like, you know, I used to love my favorite fan fiction was totally when people would take a movie or like a TV show, episode of a TV show and reconstruct and reinterpret everything that happened by putting new stuff that happened off scene and making it tell a completely different story that wasn't there before. Oh yes. Absolutely. That's like my favorite thing because it's so, it's so it's like you get to, you got to stick with all the rules, but you get to build. And it's just one of those things that shows you that if you add context, yep, how much it changes everything. Oh yes. Which is so enjoyable. So yeah. enjoyable. And that is all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our squee-filled discussion. And I hope that if you're curious, you pick up this book because like we said, it is free and it is so great. And of course, I will have links to it in the podcast entry on smartbitchestrashybooks.com. Thank you so much to Brie for squeeing with me for an hour because seriously, that was a lot of fun. This podcast is brought to you by Lisa Lace and I am going to have a sample of her audiobook in like 25 seconds. So get ready. What do you get when you mix mail-order brides and Robin Hood-style pirates with interplanetary science fiction? Water World Warrior by Lisa Lace, now available in audiobook. Ashlyn is shocked she joined the Terramates dating service, but is even more surprised by the alien she is matched with. She has three days with him to make up her mind. Will she go home, or will she stay with him for a year? And here, courtesy of Lisa Lace, is a sample of Chapter 1. Chapter 1 Nathaniel The wind whipped the sails of our ship, and we barely held our course. Everyone was on deck to control the ship through the heavy winds. There was a storm coming up, but we needed this cargo. We would do whatever it took to secure it. Lives depended on us. There she is, yelled Vess from high up in the rigging. I scanned the horizon. Yes, a ship. I hoped it was the correct one. Hold the course, I ordered, and gave over the wheel to a burly sailor 
He could steer the ship as well as I could, and they needed me elsewhere. Vess came down out of the rigging like an agile monkey, in spite of his huge size. I'm a fairly big individual, and in pretty good shape, but Vess dwarfs me. He smiled and began giving orders to the sailors around me. Thirty minutes later, we were attached to the other ship and boarding her. My crew all had their swords out and we quickly took control of the ship without any incidents. But then I heard a voice behind me. Turn and fight, you filthy thief. My crew had him surrounded in an instant, but I turned to face the man alone waving them back to their job of tying up the rest of the crew below decks. I pulled out my sword from its scabbard. Too often, I let the crew do all of the dirty work while I stood back and watched. I enjoyed the opportunity to fight. It kept me from getting rusty. Our blades clashed, and we danced back and forth across the deck, parrying each other's attacks. He lunged at me with a killing blow to the head that I was able to block. My assailant was full of rage, and I wondered why he was so angry. If you like that, and you're curious, and you would like to listen to more of it, you can find links to Water World Warrior by Lisa Lace in the podcast show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. Our music each week is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is Nightworks, and they compose in a genre that Sassy calls Gaelectronica, which is my new favorite word. It's all electronica heavily infused with Gaelic. This track is from their album NW, and it is called Veil na Aisha. Somewhere, someone who is fluent in Gaelic probably sassy, just flinched like full body flinching. I'm sorry. I did my best to figure out how to pronounce that using forvo.com, which is a great resource if you're trying to figure out how words are pronounced. So if I screwed that up abominably, I'm very sorry. You can find Nightworks album at Amazon and iTunes and wherever you buy your fine music. I will have links to the album and to the song in the podcast show notes as well. Future podcasts will include me, and possibly many other people talking about romances, because that's how we do things here. Next week, I'm going to have an interview with Sassy Outwater, talking about how she's doing, what she's up to, and what she's reading. And if you have ideas or suggestions, please email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. But in the meantime, on behalf of Bree and everyone else here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.